Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hi everyone, it's Doc with a special announcement. We are going to take a cruise through some of our most popular episodes from prior seasons to get everyone fired up in the hiking off season. Now, our new content will continue to drop on Saturdays each week, but we will also be re-releasing these great episodes on Monday for your morning commute. I know you've all heard about Classic Rock. Well, we're going to call these episodes Classic Dock. Sit back, settle in, and enjoy the ride. In every walk with nature... One receives far more than he seeks. John Muir This was absolutely true in more ways than one for our hiking crew in the summer of 2016. Though skids had bailed out for greener pastures at Red's Meadow, the rest of us vowed to continue on to our ultimate destination of Happy Isles. After filling our bellies and packs at Red's, we bid skids farewell and set out down the trail towards Devil's Postpile and our evening destination of Gladys Lake. Six hours later, Nature gave us far more than we were looking for. I'm Doc, and this is the John Freakin' Meerpod. Welcome to the John Freakin' Meerpod. Lace up those boots and sling on the pack for a romp through trails, short and long. With your host and renaissance man, Doc, it's time to embrace the suck. 
From the backcountry to the backyard, we believe everyone deserves the highest level of protection. Since 1984, Sawyer Products offers the best, most technologically advanced solutions for protection against sun, bugs, and water. Using time-released liposome technology, topical insect repellents, and new standards in water filtration. And with every Sawyer product you buy, you are helping to provide clean water through 140 charities in 80 countries with their long-lasting water filters. Every Sawyer product you buy is an investment in our common humanity. Choose Sawyer and keep the adventure going, knowing that their products have been tested and chosen by those who count on serious protection on the trail all day long. Want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily, then distribute it everywhere, and even earn money, all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer, so no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then, you can distribute your podcast to Spotify, and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, I feel like my creativity has raised to another level. I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com backslash podcasters to get started. All right. Thank you for tuning in this week as we take an in-depth look at the 28.9-mile section of the trail from Tully Hole to Garnet Lake. We're going to be discussing this section of the trail as we experienced it in a northbound direction, and I'm very excited to welcome back the wacky pack of the JMT, Buddy, Chopper, and Big E. How's it going, guys? It's all good. It is fantastic. Anybody take any, any big trips this past week? Uh, uh no we're still isolated i went okay. to the grocery store you went to the grocery store work in an isolated fashion yeah oh yeah of course 100 percent. i took a i took a trip to the living room this week it was quite delightful there we go. Hey, here it's nice this time of year i haven't i haven't read the trail guide for it though yet <laughs> i think What's it's on i think it's chapter 12 in the winker book so <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, hey, today we're going to start off where we left off last episode at the Tully Hole campsite in the summer of 2016. And through a series of events, we'll, we'll pick up with some of our trip from the summer of 2018. But before we get too far down the trail, let me take care of the preliminaries. First of all, try as we might, Alabama has been, been very resistant so far in listening to the pod. Guys, I even included the word Alabama as one of the five tags I could have uh, for last week's episode, hoping that might lure some unsuspecting Alabamian to the pod, but no luck so far. But I would I know when they come in, they're going to come in strong. Yes. Mult- multiple cities. I can feel it coming. But I would like to welcome so to. Because so many people just, you know, like search for their state name and podcast recommendations. <laughs> 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 yeah, you know, I'm trying everything, Biggie. I'm trying everything. Hey, hey, you know what? You're doing more than I am. I, I would like to welcome our 38th state, Kentucky, to the pod. Great job. Again, to our listeners out there, tell your family and friends in Alabama to tune in. We can do this. And if you're enjoying the pod, give us a rating and review in Apple Podcasts. All right, on to this section 
of the trail for this week. Here's an overview of the elevation stats for this section. We start out at about 9,500 feet at Tully Hole and begin our climb to Virginia Lake at 10,330 feet. From there, we descend to about 400 feet to Purple Lake and then climb along the side of a mountain for a while to about 10,200 feet before descending down to Deer Creek Junction at 9,100 feet. If I remember correctly, we set up camp there after that 12 mile day and then we set out the next morning towards Red's Meadow where breakfast and our, our resupply was waiting for us. We descended all morning until we got to Red's about at about 7,700 feet. And then from there, it's nothing but uphill until Gladys Lake at 9,600 feet, a descent down to Shadow Lake. If you remember that uh, switchbacky trail down to about 87, 8,800 feet. And then you're climbing to about 10,000 feet again to get to that unnamed pass that leads you down to, to Garnet Lake at just under 9,700 feet. Now this is the, the northern half of the John Muir Trail, which is at lower elevation than the southern half, but there's still a lot of climbing and descending to be done here. All right, so let's, uh, let's back up to our starting point at the campsite at Tully Hole. As you remember, the night before we had lost some socks to the fire gods. And Jukebox uh, had his out-of-body experience in Fish Creek. We've now woken up refreshed and we're ready to start. Guys, what do you remember for, from that uh, following morning there we, as we set out? Well, Tully Hole is a pretty cool place. It's a big meadow. I think you had mentioned before it was like a place that they would bring livestock to kind of graze and hang out. <clears throat> but it was, a, it was much cooler than I anticipated. Really windy, meandering stream. Yeah, it was a, uh, it was beautiful. Yeah, because our campsite was a bit further down. We started the morning going up a little bit because we had to get to some switchbacks to get up to the lake, and that's when you see like the actual meadow. I remember with yeah, just kind of like a stream kind of running through it. It was a really, really cool little valley right there. Yeah, I I remember uh, feeling feeling much better in the morning than than I was the the night before. I was still a little bit beat up at that point, kind of dazed in in the morning getting up. Um, I, I also remember as it was time to to pack up, there was some people that had camped near us there, um, if I'm thinking of the right campsite, and, you know, there, <laughs> it was impressive. I, I just hear them rustling around a little bit, and what felt like 30 seconds later, they emerge, dressed, packs ready, and in about 20 seconds after that, have their tent down, and they're on the trail, gone. I was like, that's right, they were like parked right behind you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I do remember that. They were, they were directly across the trail from us, and they did not waste any time whatsoever. It, al it always seems like it took us a good you know, 30, 40 minutes from the time we got up to hitting the trail. So that was impressive. Yeah. And, and, you know, and, and I think it reflects back to the, the philosophy that we, we keep putting on ourselves there of like, well, all day long we're going to walk. So, you know, do we, do we need to rush to, to fold this tent into thirds just quite, you know, in under five minutes or could we maybe take six? Yeah, yeah. it's not a calisthenics in the morning. It's going to be fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, what I remember about uh, leaving Tully Hole is those switchbacks going up and you got up in a hurry. I mean, it seemed like we were hiking for maybe 15, 20 minutes when we hit those switchbacks and you turn around and you, and you, you look down uh, – from whence you came and it was you got up there in a in a in a, in a heartbeat i mean you were you yeah that was, that was a spectacular view yeah and it was all east facing too so we were getting really warm really quick in the morning i remember that mm -hmm. and then 
before too long, after uh, climbing up the switchbacks and, and heading out, uh, we were on our way to Lake Virginia. And try as I might, I, I really looked for the, the source for the naming of Lake Virginia. I could not find it. So that's just uh, one of those mysteries of the JMT out there. But <laughs> now that's, that's the illegitimate daughter. Could yeah. be. That's the one. Yeah, I don't know the I don't know the source or whatever, but um, the timing, the trip, all of that came together. That I might put down as the most beautiful place I've ever been in in my entire life. That yeah, is, it was there. that is top three for me most beautiful places on earth that I've ever been to. It was crystal clear. You could see snow capped mountains at the other end of the lake. And there were a couple, you know, squirrels running around. It was just a beautiful early morning break that we could take. And I wish, I wish, wish we could have stayed there longer. And I remember we, after we crossed the other side, like there was like a little tiny campsite over there. Like two or three people had like stayed the night and we were getting to them right as they're waking up. And as much as I wish we stayed there, I did not want to go up the switchbacks and spend the night there. <laughs> no, because <clears throat> we were pretty rough in the night before. That not, would, would not have been a fun uh, evening. Oh yeah, no. You, but yeah, you I, I agree. That is one of the prettiest lakes up there, up there, and it's one of those ones that the pictures don't do justice. No, you go back yeah. and you look at it, and as I remember, I came home, it's like, oh my god, look at this lake, and meh, looks like a lake. But there was, <laughs> a big, there was a big rock that we all sat out on, and we had you know feet up, and I think Buddy, I think you jumped in the water, or uh, took a yeah. shower or something. A little did a little scrub down, and yeah. you know, little little surprise when Doc did a nice little pano to to catch the thing, and uh, <laughs> yeah, quick on the draw because if you look closely, there there I am in a little in a little scrub up happening off in one of the corners. Yeah, you guys are still, you guys are stealing my thunder because Eric mentioned or or big I'm sorry Big E mentioned uh, the pano and the pictures and how beautiful it was and sure enough I sat down I, I did a, a pano of of Lake Virginia and I looked at it afterwards when I when I, I got home I said what is that flash of white on the far right and then I realized oh that's Buddy taking a shower over there in the lake if the if the if the audio is a little weak that was flash of might with an M <laughs> flash of <meat. laughs> The water was obviously cold too. I, I thought my picture was overexposed. There was just a you know, <laughs> the uh, you know like like uh, like you're saying, Chopper. The pictures don't do it justice. You you try to break it down. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. So what's so amazing about this place? Well, there's a lake, like a thousand others. Um, there's trees. There's mountains. There's snow. Yeah, I I guess it's just a normal thing. But the the impact, the valley, the scope of it. Um, yeah, I, I, to me, it was because, you know, just looking, you could see like a little saddle point we were going to continue hiking to. There was a relatively big mountain and then just in the distance, just white capped and you're just in the shade. It's early in the morning. You've just woken up. You're already a couple miles in. And especially because of the past couple of days that we've been had, having, just being able to sit down at a place like this, like I feel like in my mind, there's a lot more kind of like, oh, like everything's bright and beautiful and gorgeous. And it's like, if I probably went there again, I'd feel the exact same. But yeah, pictures don't do justice. But like, regardless, whatever has been stored in my memory, that is the most beautiful place I've been to in a long time. I think one of the things that makes it unique is it's over 10,000 feet, but there's still a lot of pine trees. Mm -hmm. It's kind of odd. <clears throat> so we were sitting in the shade and you could see the rest of the, uh, you know, the 10,000 plus foot view that you get with all the rocks and the snow and everything and we were just you know sitting under the trees and just just relaxing and having a good time 
Hey, let's take a pause on this section because I'm, I'm intrigued that each of you, each of the three of you have, have remarked that this is one of the most beautiful places on the trail. And it, and it strikes me kind of funny because it, it had not registered in my top five. I'm not saying that it's not beautiful, but it just didn't stick with me. Like, I guess it stuck with you guys. So I'm, I'm curious yeah. to hear, you know, what are your top three uh, most beautiful spots on the John Muir Trail? So I thought, you know, I thought we'd just take a couple minutes and share each of our top three and see how close or, or, or disparate we are. I'll put, a, I'll put another one, uh, Lake, out there, um, spur right off the trail, but, but Charlotte Lake um, that, I, that I've been to on a couple other trips, uh, mind-blowing, right on that, on that same level of Virginia Lake of, you know, is it the time, is it the experience, but it's also absolutely the beauty. Yeah, for me, one of the ones we talked about before was uh, Selden Pass, looking down on Marie Lake. That was one of those ones. It's, it, it is actually the background still on my iPad, and it's when I open up and I smile every time I look at it. Yeah, so yeah, definitely Virginia Lake, Selden Pass. But then for me, we'll, we'll cover it in a different episode. I've only done the northern half of the trail uh, to all the listeners that, you know, kind of guess why I wasn't on the southern half part of it. Um, but there was a part where we were finally coming in from Tuolumne Meadows to Yosemite and we had kind of come down a long area of just like no water and we finally are kind of coming through this kind of burnt area in little Yosemite Valley like totally everything's burnt out and we're just looking around we're like oh man we gotta be coming close to half dome we gotta be coming close to half dome and then we turn a corner and it's we're in a burnt out grove and the giant rock mass of Half Dome is right there, like right as like kind of the sun is starting to set through like uh, fire smoke. That snapped in my mind is one of the cooler things, one of the most beautiful things that I've seen of just like, you're like, oh, that's Half Dome. You're surrounded by low shrubs in burnt trees and the sun is setting through, unfortunately a horrible fire, but it was still a beautiful, beautiful moment for me. Yeah. I would say that uh, top, I don't know if I can do top three, top four, um, one would be Evolution Lake. Mm-hmm. Um, another would be the uh, Palisade Lakes after the Golden Staircase. Yeah. And I think Wanda Lake right before the, right before Muir Hut, Muir Pass. And then I think um, Ray Lakes. Did I say Ray Lakes already? No. Yeah. And I think, I think for me, it, it, those stick with me because those are all at the ends of particularly difficult climbs. And so I don't know if it's just, you know, after going through that exertion and coming upon this scene of beauty, it just kind of, kind of sticks with you. It's burned, it's burned into my memory. That payoff for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, not the takeaway that the natural side that we've thrown out there, but I, I was, I was real inspired, real blown away by, uh, by Mir Hut, um, you know, just 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 something about that experience, tying it to you. You, you get the sense of the the pioneers and you know all, the work and the achievement of of us doing it, and then you go like, hang on, there's already a trail here, you know, and and uh, th- these switchbacks have been engineered and blasted out, and and we get to take advantage of that, but 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 these folks back then they 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 made this happen, so um, I, I get. I get blown away by the appreciation of, uh, of what it took for the originators to be out there. Yeah. I think we need to do a, a future episode on just the construction of the trail and what was there before and what it took to, 
to put it into place. And I, I, I'm just pissed that they don't have escalators out there already. Like that's that's my biggest complaint, honestly. They need more snack snack bars. Yeah. Did you guys uh, leave that on the? Did you guys leave that on the Yelp review? You guys did. <laughs> At, at, at every pass, they have a little suggestion box, box, and I keep adding that. It's just like I really appreciate this. <laughs> nice. Any any final thoughts on Virginia Lake or Lake Virginia before we we move on? Uh, I wish I could build a hut there and live there the rest of my life. If you don't mind a mind a neighbor, I'll be right there with you. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we we head out uh, past Lake Virginia and we come to the aptly named Purple Lake. Um, I didn't find this. I didn't find the naming source on that, but I'm guessing it, at some point it appeared purple uh, in a certain time of the day, and they just went with it. So not too complicated. It was it was pretty nondescript. There wasn't much to it. I I remember coming from Virginia Lake to Purple Lake. There was a, we took a trail around this like giant kind of rock slide looking thing. I remember someone mentioned something about that in the book. And looking at our photos, I I see it, but I don't remember anything specific about it. I remember someone saying it's like oh it was. Like the glacier just like went around it or something. Yeah, I remember uh, there was some, I remember uh, the spot. I don't remember exactly what it was, but it's a big yeah. giant pile of rocks. It's like still moving or something. Yeah. yeah. But the other thing I, I remember for this this section of the trail, there was there was two specific things. One is E, you ran into somebody that you knew that you had plotted out like two months ahead of time yeah. that I will probably see you on this date. You're going south and I'm going north. Yeah, I I I think it was or stop after purple lake but yeah no it was on if i remember because i was actually thinking about this it was my friend's little brother's girlfriend at the time and we had met randomly at some show concert I yeah it, and i i was and we just started talking and we're like oh she's like oh i'm going south with my brother oh i'm going north with a bunch of guys and we figured out we'd meet and we're like okay like we actually brought out our logbooks and we're like oh Oh my God, we're actually going to meet on this trail. And yeah, we actually did meet, I think, later that afternoon. And it was yeah. pretty darn close think, to where you guys plotted it out. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was that day. We, we knew there, we were going to cross. I think I remember it being within, within a couple of hours, which on trail time is pinpoint. And didn't you give, yeah, her, no. uh, you gave her some Benadryl or something? She wasn't feeling good? Yeah, I, I, I buddied up the situation a little bit. Yeah, it was like her eye was kind of like swollen for some reason. But yeah, uh, honestly, can't remember her name. Um, yeah, I, I could probably guess about it if I find her on Facebook. But yeah, no, it's that was just a weird thing of someone randomly. I knew I was like, oh, we're going to see each other on the trail. That's going to be cool. And then we actually did. It was really weird. So what was the relationship again? Run us through that. Uh, it was like my, one of my best friends from college, his younger brother's girlfriend at the time. Okay, so if, if if that matches your description out there and you're listening, uh, please yeah. uh, send us an email or hit us up on social media to let us know what your your name is or what your trail name is because Big E uh, can't remember it right now. We want to make sure we give credit. So, <laughs> yeah, I remember she was cool and happy right now and find her. <laughs> Definitely. The other, thing, the other thing I remember from that section of the trail is is reading the the, the Wank book that she described as the most monotonous stretch of the JMT. And I'm glad I read that the morning we left because <laughs> it was precisely what it was. It was just marching. It wasn't hard. It wasn't difficult. We were just kind of going around a bend for like mm -hmm. three miles and it was just boring. 
and we were all just kind of droning on right we had at this point we had run out of jokes we had run out of trivia questions it was just like oh, okay let's get through this yeah, yeah. i've got a i've got a skid story for us uh, along that stretch because we okay we stopped at purple lake and this was this was uh, i think maybe just before noon and uh eric big e sorry big e you're right that the the visit with your your friend didn't come till later in the afternoon but we left we we stopped at, at purple we we filtered water we rested and then we we hiked along the side of this mountain and it was an incline going up and up and up along the side of this mountain and again we're in two ba two different groups i think it was the three of you and it was it was me and jukebox and skids pulling up pulling up the rear and skids for all the stuff that he had packed all of the equipment everything that he had he did not have a, uh, a a water system that allowed for a tube coming out of his out of his bag. Instead, yeah. he he carried two bottles uh, in 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 the webbing of his backpack. And so, as we're hiking along, those those are full, but he cannot get he cannot get access to those by himself. So we had to, at every stop, you know, one of us had to to help him get the water out of his backpack and and uh, into his hand. And then put it back into the webbing before we left again. So, those are the the, the hot pink weightlifting Mueller bottles, right? Little That's right. right. He was either out on the uh, the the JMT hiking with those squeeze bottles, or in his home corner of the boxing ring, going, you know, give me some more water, Mickey. <laughs> <laughs> But and, and then going back to this long, just boring stretch, I remember we all knew it was coming up, and we all I think we all decided, like, you know, if you want to go on your own, fine, if you want to yeah. go in Paris, that's fine. But it was like the first person to find a long stretch of shade, just sit your butt down, wait for everyone, and we just we were just like, all right, I'm ready to go, and just put your head down, and then you were just going steadily up, nothing terrible. Well, yeah, you're you're like two or three miles in. You're like, I am so bored. I have yeah. music to play in my head. Like I've I've done every album that I know by heart is gone through my head, and it's like I still have miles to go to get to the shade. The the time of day and you know hooking off to the right and climbing pretty sun exposed. That's yeah. It, we we did start splitting up. Everyone just kind of do what you need to do to make progress and entertain yourself. You know, I, I needed to just kind of start cooking a little bit. Uh, otherwise I was, was getting in my own head a little too much. So, yeah. But, uh, you know, all, all that to be said here, you're still out there on the John Muir trail and it's uh, 99 times better than most other places in the world. Yeah. I thought Virginia Lake was, was cool. I thought Purple Lake was cool. Even I, I enjoyed our little stop by, by Purple Lake. But then from that point on until the campsite that night at uh, Deer Creek, it was just trudging along. I mean, there, the, even after we got off the side of that mountain and we were uh, heading to, to Deer, Deer Creek Crossing, I remember that as being just interminably long and hot and dusty and dry. There was not yeah, a there, lot of water there was anywhere. No water, yeah, no water crossings, no lakes, no, nothing that we got near. It just was just cruising through the woods and there was nothing there. It was so nondescript. Which is hilarious because it's probably just spectacularly beautiful if we went up there right now. But we were like, oh, yeah. this is, you know, not as not the immense the grandeur that we just had spent our time with. Yeah, because we're just hugging the side of a mountain and then you you we're probably heading, you know, like 
kind of north and then you kind of curve a little east-ish. And then on that side is you're probably over a couple thousand foot ravine, a couple thousand feet away. There's like the other side or like a mile on the other side is like the other side of it. It's a gorgeous, gorgeous thing you're doing, but you're just like, I just have to make miles at this point. And like, I'm just so tired and so bored. I don't want to, I don't want to look at the immense grandeur in front of me. The, the, absolutely. And the, the section that we're on is kind of ends up being just kind of a, a slow roller you're like an ideal place to make a trail if you're if you're you know if you take civilization and panoramic photos exactly. out because it's 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 even it's steady um but just just smooth <laughs> there were no real ruts to to create a stream or a brook or anything like that it was just here's a lot of massive trees you got you know plenty of shade once you're up over the shoulder but uh see that dusty trail keep on a going so eventually, after all this trudging along, we finally come to a bit of water, and uh, we cross we cross Deer Creek, and there's some pretty nice campsites there. What do you guys remember from the Deer Creek campsite? It was aptly named. There was deer walking around. Yeah. yeah. They were cruising through the camp while we were all sitting there. I, I, I personally tried to recreate, after hearing uh, Jukebox's story of his uh, you know, out-of-body experience, I tried to recreate it and definitely didn't have uh, the same experience. I got a lot more bug bites than I think he did, just deciding to take a shower. But, uh, you know, not just those locations. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, the, the Deer Creek, um, it, it was another one of those, uh, you know, as I joke around and we'd banter back and forth, kind of one of the booming metropolises of the, of the JMT, you know, you're like, why are there 12 other campsites all within view if you walk around? So, um, you know, after being on the trail, you, you, you get a dozen, 15 other people. The, uh, the, the city life really starts closing in on you. Yeah, there were, it was crowded. There were a lot of people. I remember that. There was uh, quite a few. And then I thought the campsite, though, itself was, was pretty nice. Had some nice logs in it, some uh, decent yeah. height logs that we could sit on. And I'm sorry, Jukebox isn't here tonight. He had, I guess, bigger and better plans uh, than to spend the evening with, uh, with us talking about the trail. But he, he – that, that was – Go ahead. If we would have offered him a chili mac, he probably would have been here tonight. That's exactly where I was going because this <laughs> is the ill-fated evening where Skids offered his homemade. It was homemade, right? He 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 kind of yeah. mixed the stuff at yeah. home. The he homemade chili mac. He offered up the homemade chili mac to Jukebox, who after polishing off his own dehydrated meal a few minutes earlier, said, "Heck yeah, I can I can keep on eating." And he he punished us for the next day and a half. Yeah, because we were planning, you know, let's go to Res Meadow, let's get our stock up, and then keep going all the way to Happy Isles in Yosemite Valley. And, the, and Skids was like, no, I am leaving here. Like, Res Meadow, I'm taking the bus, I'm going to Mammoth, I'm calling my wife, and I'm getting the hell out of here. So he knew. So he was distributing, like, I think he gave out, like, some fuel canisters, got rid of his Chili Mac and all that stuff. Yeah, he, he emptied everything in his bear canister that night. And yeah. I seem to recall. I seem to recall there was another bout of uh, gastric distress in the yep. middle of the night with skids. anybody? Any remember? Anybody else I, remember I, that? I remember that, and I, as I recall, the deer was cruising around uh, <clears throat> the campsite, and he was on the other side of the deer, and we were hoping that he was going to get uh, attacked by some uh, some buck in the woods while he was uh, dealing with his stomach issues. Oh, I, totally uh, that. I, I feel bad for him and the the deer as the night nurse because. 
in that in that area the 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 sites kind of all circle swirl around you know they're 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 nested in around the creek right there so when when you've got uh, <laughs> a little situation like that going on you you got to you got to you got to waltz away from your tent quite a ways to to be a safe distance from the water so and i remember he was he was fun. doing that with uh in the dark with a headlamp yep <laughs> That, that's something you don't want to turn the corner and just have eyes staring right back at you. You're like, oh, I got to go now. <laughs> but, and another thing about that campsite, I remember we were like right on the water edge at like this huge curve. So we had to yep. go a while to find a place that was, you know, within National Park, National Forest Service distance away from, you know, fresh water. So he probably had to cross the creek and go to the other side. And I, because I don't remember him going to the bathroom like that, but. That was a trek to get out there. Um, You you know, there was the chili mac. I think, I think that night I decided to go with some ramen and spam. Really? Yeah. Shocker. I know it. I know it. Imagine that. And the other thing is, they had a big fire pit, so we had it. It was like we we all knew it was kids last night, so we had a a bit of a party. Yeah. As much as you can have a party out there, it was a great site. Yeah, for sure. Um, The. as nice as that was great place you know like anywhere being that much water gets a little buggy but that that that's fine do our thing i remember it being a great time um in in the morning uh not not my favorite campsite with all that moisture around my my tent condensed up a ton i i was in a puddle of water that next morning i remember it was a really cold night for how hot the days have been that was a cold night it was probably because it was wet like you were saying yeah, I I didn't I didn't guy out my rainfly very hard, so that that collected and and I I think jukebox <laughs> went I don't know uh, desal plant or something. I, re- I remember there him being super wet in the morning. Yeah, it was cold. <laughs> All right, so next morning we get up, we pack up, uh, dry out buddy's gear, get it all packed up, and head out to Red's Meadow. And you guys, of course, know that uh, Red's Meadow is named after Red Sacher, who was a stockman with a red beard who homesteaded in Red's Meadow. And then in 1934, a miner in Mammoth, Archie Mahan, Mahan, left mining and started Red's Meadow Resort. And it's currently run by the Tanner family. And it was on this particular stretch that we had some pretty memorable moments heading down to, uh, from Deer Creek to Red's Meadow. What do you guys remember from that, that section? I remember the first thing was walking through a big grove of like a ton of upturned trees, like, like n- n- not necessarily like, you know, just like kind of, Oh, trees, a couple fell over. It was like entire root systems ripped out of the ground. And we were kind of dipping and ducking through all of that. It kind of looked like a war zone a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So like I came back and another planet, uh, you know, definitely, a, definitely another world. Yeah. yeah, in addition to all the trees that were uprooted, there are also a bunch of trees snapped off, right? Yeah. About uh, 10, 15 yeah, there feet was, high. And there was another another area that was right past that that had just recently been burned. And I think those are the, the, the topless trees, so to speak, where they were only sticking up about 10, 15 feet. And, and the top and, burned off. And and that one, too, was it was all of those dead spires, but then, you know, human-sized ferns everywhere, too. It was a lot of, like, this thing had a lot of surrealness to it. Yeah. Go, um, all of the upturned trees then like we were going around the red cones around because red's meadows around mammoth so we can actually see the ski lifts of mammoth on a couple of the hills 
And then, yeah, yeah we start going around the red cones and then we dip down to the big burnt out area and it was just a lot of weirdness. Chopper, would you believe me if I told you that the snapped off trees weren't, were not the result of the fire, but uh, there's actually a windstorm in 2011 from November 30th to December 1st. They called it the Devil's Windstorm. And the folks in Mammoth didn't notice anything peculiar or, or remarkable. It was like maybe 35, 40 mile hour winds. But the, because of the geography, those winds crested and headed down into the valley. Uh, they reached speeds of more than 180 miles per hour. And so 86% of the trees were uprooted and 14% were snapped off. And, and we're talking tens of thousands of trees. And it took, the, it took crews like a, a full year to clean up the road and the trails to make it passable again. I believe it was, it was surreal. It was like you were watching, walking through a movie set from like a World War I movie. <clears throat> it was like, you know, walking through 1917. It was just bizarre. Yeah. It was very uh, unnatural. It was uh, good, good timing for it, like hiking, backpacking trail-wise too, because we, we had planned out that section to be a bit of a cruise. Um, Liz, little elevation change to start off in the morning when we're fresh, but uh, a, a roughly flat as we kind of cruised, what was it, if I'm remembering right, you know, about five miles or something into Red's Meadow. Not too strenuous, so you can kind of really – take it in and, and, and see the ferns, the trees, all of that. Yeah. All right. And this had to be the location of one of the most memorable uh, events on the trail that summer. Uh, we're, we're all walking in a straight line because we're on the side of a, kind of on the side of a, a hill. I wouldn't say it's a mountain. We're on, we're on a slope and we're, the trail is following the slope. And uh, so we're a single file. And I remember walking, I'm probably, Oh, I forget the order. I think maybe I was uh, maybe fourth or fifth. I think Skids was last. And yeah, I, I think our marching order for that summer was Buddy, me, Chopper, Doc, Jukebox, and then Skids. Yes. Yeah, I, at this particular moment, Jukebox, Jukebox was right behind me at this one because I remember turning around laughing with him. <laughs> I, I, w I was on the point for this section, yep. and, uh, and I, I remember a, a, a calculation start to kind of click through my head. Um, looking up, the trail was a little bit wider, and I'm thinking like, huh, yeah, hiking with no shirt. All right, you know, that, that, that's, that's a choice. Uh, and, whoa, a, 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 hey, how short are those shorts? <laughs> and, you know, as uh, as the, as you start to pull focus on the on the fella coming up the trail, uh, I kind of noticed walking behind you, you had slowed down a bit, and I was like, because I'm like hiking, just looking at your calves, and I'm like, hey, wait, what what's going? On? I look over your shoulder, I'm like, uh, I did the exact same thing. I'm like, none of this is adding up right to me. And it's about but, this time that Skids Skids asked Jukebox, hey, do you watch Naked and Afraid? And Jukebox. <laughs> Jukebox says, uh, well, I've heard of it, but I, I don't watch it. Why? And then Skids kind of nods his head in, in the direction ahead of us, and we all kind of stick our heads out around each other to, to look and see what's coming up the trail. And there is a guy wearing his backpack. His, he had a fanny pack that was strategically placed, and I think he had a hat and boots, and that was about it. That was it. That was, yep. that, that was what he was rolling yeah. And as he passed us, he looked each of us directly in the eye, kind of like, what are you looking at? 
<laughs> yeah, the, and I the my my read like the the third calculation was those shorts have to be really short and skin color. <laughs> and, 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 and all all I could think of, and I know this was probably way later, but I remember talking to one of you guys. I think, buddy, it might have been you. I was just like, the amount of sunscreen and bug spray that man <laughs> has to use is he has to carry so much reserve of either of those. That is unbelievable. Yes, yeah. uh, the read that I got from, uh, from the, the look on his face, if you call it that, the look in his eyes, the, the, the subtext was, was kind of like, hey, did, did you notice what I'm doing here? <laughs> there is no way on the whole trail on the planet that I would give anybody hiking naked the satisfaction uh, that I'm impressed or proud. <laughs> so, did you see my fanny pack? Yeah. So, I wondered, I wondered, is, was, was this just his way of going ultralight? I mean, was this his, his, normal, his normal day, normal hiking day? Is, you know, that's, that's all he's going to wear? Or was today a special day? Was it his birthday? Was it a national hike naked day? I mean, was there something that we were, we were just not, you know, aware of? Well, I mean, he was half a mile from Red's Meadow. So he, he had to have, you know, taken his clothes off after that. Because a, there's a lot of people around Red's Meadow. We, we couldn't have been a mile away from a paved road. Like, we were literally right there. And there are children. There are families. Like, I could, like if that dude had been doing that for a couple days... Like, he must have skipped Red's Meadow just for public decency at that point. Well, that's why we gave him the nickname of Chafe, so. <laughs> Had to be in a, in a, for, a tremendous amount me. of Chafe. <laughs> oh, tremendous. For, forgive me if whatever this may, you know, this, this is not like uh, the trail Adonis either. This is somebody late 60s, you know, had, had a, probably enjoyed a buffet or two in his life, just <laughs> living it up, like. Um, enjoying life and uh, enjoying what uh, what God gave him. Yeah, and I'm gonna, I'm just gonna send this out there again, uh, like I, I sent to uh, sent a message out to Big E's roommates, little brother's girlfriend. I think that's the relationship there. But I'm gonna I'm sending out a message to Chafe, Chafe the naked hiker. If if you if you're listening to the pod, hey, give us a give us a, reach out to us on email or social media. Let us know you know what was that your usual hiking attire or was it was that a special day you don't you don't have to make it a, a video message chafe you know you can uh <laughs> behind the screen is fine yes audio audio recording absolutely acceptable and uh of, of all all of that and i i hope i'm not stealing one of your thunder um and and we're all clicking through just click like you know all the jokes all the everything we can we can come up with things <laughs> fast enough at this point and, and the jukebox rolls out with i think he probably just cut a hole in the back of the fanny pack <laughs> <laughs> old snl skit <laughs> to hold it in place and and and, and probably the worst thing about that was None of us could then take out our phone and just be like, oh, smile type thing. Like, <laughs> we had to, you know, make direct eye contact. We're like, yeah, no, there's nothing weird about this. And then <laughs> we kept going because we're like, just ignore it, just ignore it, just ignore it. And then we all stop, turn around, and Skids is turned around with his phone, took a photo from the behind, and then looked at us. He's like, I got it. <laughs> Skids was not going to let that go by. He was, he was going to get and the shot. 
That is the only proof that that man exists, is that <laughs> photo from his kids. Oh, it wasn't good. It wasn't, uh, wasn't too much longer after that that we all suddenly realized that we could pick up some cell service in that area as we closed in on, on Red's Meadow. And I have, I have this great shot of us in the, uh, the, the cafe at Red's Meadow sitting at a table, and all six of us have our phones out, and we're looking at our phones. So, you know, after three or four days without cell service, we're all checking, checking in to see what's happened with the world and, and our families. Yeah. Checking in with the kids and woo, was that, was that meal something else? <laughs> that, it, was, uh, it was real simple bacon and eggs, but it was the best bacon and eggs I'd ever had. For sure. Yeah. That, that was kind of a, a Lake Virginia kind of breakfast there at Red's Meadow. <laughs> and then um, at, at the same time, so we then, you know, we're getting breakfast. Everyone's kind of going, getting our resupply food, and Jukebox and I have to go to the bathroom. And pre-COVID, we had the great idea just to take a ton of toilet paper because we were like, hey, we only brought one roll. So we rolled up toilet paper around our fingers, ripped it off, and then threw it in our backpacks just as, like, reserved toilet because we're like, we got, like, six more days of this stuff, like, we got we 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 got to prepare like so we were uh, personally we were way ahead of the times you know nice hey buddy talk about talk about the whole resupply process because we yeah. decided we we were strategic in this in this uh, part of the trail where we weren't going to carry all of our food because we we knew we were going to be going through Red's Meadow and so we actually ahead of time prepared and you kind of organized it and uh, prepared a resupply bucket that you then shipped yeah. to Red's Meadow. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and and there's a there's a few places that 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 put out this fantastic service. You know, hat, hats off to them. Um, Muir Trail Ranch, Reds Meadow, um, Edison Lake. You know, just awesome things. So we we collected up um, food for the for the next section and um, packed that up in a in a five gallon bucket, labeled that all together and then ship that up to the, the general store there at Red's Meadow um, for them to hang on to kind of general delivery like, like you can do on the longer sections at the post office. And at, at their general store supplies, they've got a back room where they, they gather up those boxes, they receive those, they, you, you've got to label it with your name and the, the date you expect to roll on through. Um, and then, then when you get there, check in, uh, show them ID, they hand it over and, and you, you got this whole bucket of goodness. Yeah, so it, was it, wasn't, point, it wasn't tremendously expensive either, I don't remember, because I think we all threw our stuff in. So there was what, five, six of us who had filled the bucket. So split yeah. the cost really wasn't that bad. I, I don't know, was it maybe 10 bucks each or something like that? Yeah, to, which is better than carrying an extra five days of food on a trip. Yeah, for sure. Dude. Um, and, and that's, you know, I, I remember that, the, the breakfast, the, the pit stops and getting the food, we were, we were downright relaxed. We, we knew we had that, that, uh, short trip in, um, time to, time to regroup, check in at home with, with cell service and all that, pick up the supply. We had, you know, the matching what we had packed and what was in the bucket. Uh, I remember us giving away a, a few things. Um, and, and then what I also really remember is getting that bucket and repacking our packs and everything going, 
hot. You know, get get me out of this sun. Where's a tree oh, that I can sit under? It, it's hot. It was like 80, almost 90 degrees. It was a hot day. Hot. It was downright hot. Yeah, it was a good morning. I remember just being full and, and uh, doing the resupply. It was, it was good. And it was at this point that Skids decided that he'd had enough. He had experienced the backpacking life for a good, uh, what, four or five days and he was ready to head back to civilization didn't match his expectation and he he was uh, he was he wasn't too proud to admit that you know this just wasn't his cup of tea so he we said our goodbyes and he caught the the bus back up to mammoth and he had reached out to mrs skids who was going to pick him up in mammoth and i mean like we make fun of him and we were making jokes of him like we've been well, like, kudos to him. He made it, what, four days? He made it more miles than, I guess, any, than a lot of us thought. Well, probably definitely more than he thought. Like, he really busted his butt to get yeah. there. And hats off to him, man. Like, doing this is definitely not for everyone. I Personally, I wanted to get on that bus with him and get back to, uh, head back to Mammoth Lakes. But, like, he, he did it. And, and kept it funny the whole dang time. Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> So he he uh, he headed out, and then we we took our our leave and headed down the trail towards Postpile. If I remember, there was a you know a few white puffy clouds in the sky. Just a gorgeous gorgeous day. Yeah, a bunch of families just kind of you know going on not even a day hike. You know, half a mile up the trail, and it it was yeah. It, looking back, it, the contrast is more so, but it was it was flat out toasty. Yeah, and you, you, the minarets were beautiful all the way there. If you've ever been to Mammoth Mountain, just the, the sawtooth, like, you could see them super clearly. It was just a great day, and we were just like, well, we got X number of miles left. Let's head back uphill. Let's get after it. And it was shortly after you passed Devil's Post Pile that the PCT and the JMT actually split for quite a while. And we stayed on the, the JMT and started the march up to we – we're, we're trying to get to Gladys Lake. And guys, I think Gladys Lake is named after uh, Gladys Mahan, who was uh, Archie Mahan's wife, who, if you remember, is uh, he is the miner that actually started Red's Meadow. So I think with, with that being his wife's name and the proximity of that lake to Red's Meadow, I'm guessing that that's probably how it got its name. I thought you said Archie Manning at first. I was like, is there an Eli Lake and a Peyton Lake too? <laughs> oh, man. Sorry. <laughs> coming up out of uh, off of Devil's Post Pile, it's a it's a pretty steep steep climb. After that, right? We were climbing up for quite a bit, and it wasn't too much longer before the weather actually started to turn on us. Yeah, the the climb kind of accelerates. It it uh, the the farther you go out, the steeper it gets. And there's like a waterfall that we were kind of paralleling. There were a couple branches off of like you know, park at Devil's Post Pile. I could take a couple day hikes there. But yeah, the clouds definitely started rolling in and, you know, got a little darker, but, you know, we were still trucking. And that's about when we started hearing the thunder in the distance and the, the thunder got a little closer and a little closer and yeah. we were walking more and more into a cloud. And it's, uh, it, it starts rolling through your, your mind, the, the reason uh, McCoy scouted out and, and set up Mammoth is, is that, that valley and set of valleys there. It, what does it do? It traps storms and, yeah, and collects bad weather. Yeah. And, and it sure did that to us too. It's just little pockets. And then, yeah, it was literally like you could, I, it's probably a tainted memory in my brain, but I just remember seeing the clouds come in and then just kind of start 
swirling a little bit kind of right there. Just like he was just getting trapped and we just kept hiking. It was a hard day of climbing too. And like I said, like uh, Chopper said, you heard a boom and then you heard a louder boom and then you heard a louder boom and you're like, this is not good. Yeah, and then, yep. and then the hail started too. And it was, it was coming out of pea-sized hail. Oh, yeah. easy pea size. It, it, Pulling all our jackets out, covering all our uh, bags with the, uh, the the covers on them, and it's like, okay, let's just keep on going. We'll just, we'll just walk through this. It won't be that bad. And some of us had rainproof jackets, and some of us did not have rainproof jackets. Well, I, I think I think we all had to have rain shells because definitely we passed it around packing list. Definitely bring a rain shell. Yes. So we must have all had them, right? Yeah, of course. Well, yeah, who 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 didn't have one? My beautiful bright red jacket had a bag of water-resistant asterisk mark. Uh, <laughs> just say. Yeah, it was an asterisk. If you if you look down at the bottom of the tag, it, it said that the asterisk not waterproof. Yeah. <laughs> definitely, definitely waterproof. Uh, Biggie, I think that jacket still exists to this day. So, uh, you know, what? I'm gonna go put it on right now. It is a great jacket, but not a jacket that you want to hike through. Freaking hailstorm, man! So, that's, so it was—it that's, was like a big sponge, and it just slowly started soaking up water, and the temperature started dropping, and the rain started coming. And I remember just the trail is the same thing we did on Forrester. The trail became the stream, yeah. And water started flowing, and we kind of found a couple of trees to, to hide behind and kind of hunker down, and <clears throat> it was not getting—it was not letting up. And we're like, okay, we can make it to Gladys. We can make it to Gladys. We, we weren't far away. No, and you were trying. You were trying to get a hold of Mrs. Buddy to get the weather report on the sat phone. What What I was doing as as we sectioned this, um, so you know, a, a, a little of the next season to to take it in. Um, the the in reach, you know, shout out to Garmin. The in reach had a, a, a software and a service update, so you could now send out you could you could ping out for three days of weather forecast for your gps coordinates so um trying to get that that that's the push and pull of all right under this under this tree canopy where can i get good signal um and hey everybody as much as you can get up near a tree to try to stay as dry as possible and and warm get a windbreak get some shelter from this massive hailstones that are pelting us um and we're talking it over of guys what do you do and and i remember i i thought it crystal clear and and um, i'm pretty positive that i never said it clearly like this, this is bad news I, I remember looking at big e's uh shivering and and that was the most water resistant jacket he had going through the calculation of all right we can we can hop in our tents um and and wait this out a little bit you know, how, how long do we have to wait? We didn't have too many miles to, to get to our target for that day. How, when is there going to be a break? These are my thoughts as I'm waiting for the satellite to, to come back with the, with the weather update. And, and you guys are making your own thoughts and plans over there while I was focused on the screen in front of me. Yeah, we were doing the same thing. as like, okay, we're three miles from uh, Red's Meadow. If we turn around now, we can catch the last shuttle to take us back to Mammoth because this is not fun. This is just, it's going to get colder and colder and wetter and wetter. And that's not what I signed up for. Yeah. yeah and the weather update came back uh, mm -hmm. to buddy's, to buddy's Garmin and said, Hey, you got three days, three days of this weather. And it was <laughs> at that point that we said, okay, 
you know what, discretion is the better part of valor in this case. And we want to catch that last shuttle. We bailed. We made, made the decision to bail. And so we hustled down the mountain, back down to uh, Red's Meadow. And it was at that point that everybody's body started breaking down. I think Jukebox yep. had a nosebleed. My knee popped and, and swelled up. And Big E, something happened to you too. Yeah, his, his, your, your ankles from kind of being beat up a lot of great football. I rolled both of my ankles. My nose started bleeding. Like, we're just running down. And, the, and also, the, I remember at this point, the bugs came out in full force, too. Yeah. And they were just honest. But, yeah, it was like Jukebox and I both had got bloody noses. I bummed both my ankles. Buddy, I think you got like a shin splint or something. Shin splint or something, yeah. Coming out of Deer Creek, something I'd never had before. Um, shin splints that were just like – yeah, like daggers going into my shins every step, which if, if we're going to pull it off, I'm trying to like, I just ignore it. But as soon as, as soon as we had a plan for exiting, I was like, oh, now this really hurts. <laughs> and, and that's the thing. It was like, yeah, I rolled my ankle, but I'm like, I, we need to get off this mountain now. So I'm just hobbling along. I'm like, thank God I have trekking poles, but like we're getting down this freaking mountain right now. Yeah. And the, the, the weather coming back, you know, giving us, three days of the exact same kind of blizzardy storm that's you know with the rest of the trip that's not three days and then it clears all it could give us was three days and all three were uh, came up snake eyes bad news well and, right. and when we left too it was like a sheet of hail because i remember standing under one tree and you, a couple other people were on another tree and it was like hard to see them on the other side of the trail type thing 100 percent. and again the thunder booms were getting louder really loud so we hustled down the trail and bodies are breaking down we finally get to a point uh where we cross one of the lakes where i was with i was with big e and with jukebox at that point and we called um we called mrs doc uh and mrs chopper and they agreed to their credit they agreed to drop whatever they were doing and leave the the warmth and safety of their homes and come pick us up in mammoth lakes but that was a you know five five hour trip. So they, they got started as, as soon as they got, got the call from us. And then we also called skids and let him know, Hey, we are, we're bailing out because of the weather. And he agreed to, to pick us up where the, the bus was going to drop us off up by the, uh, by the resort and take us to um, back to his actually hotel room. They had rented a hotel room and he said we could use their hotel room to shower and get cleaned up while we we're waiting for the, for Would the wives to we, arrive. We needed much of a shower at that point. Oh, no, I was wait, pretty, we're, we're going to get to the, we're going to get to the story of when we all pack into to skids truck. But oh, yeah. Before well, we do that, I want to give, I want to give buddy the chance to talk about another great interaction he had with a PC tier on the trail as we were heading back. <laughs> oh, absolutely. So, you know, coming, coming down the elevation, uh, it is a pretty big drop out of that hail and biggie, like you're saying, you, you can't really see around you. It was, it, it was it was gnarly it, it was sierra's weather so it gets pretty bad and when we've got the option you know civilization is only so many miles that way three plus days more of this is in the other direction it, it turns it into a no-brainer so we're bailing out of there as we drop elevation hey we we got out of the uh the hail and snow and frost storm and then it was just raining really hard really cold so you know that was refreshing um so we're, we're, we're coming down near Devil's Post Pile. Um, we got the update. It's at least three days of, of hitting really hard. Um, and uh, a, a nice young lady, uh, nice seeming young lady coming up the other direction. 
Um, and so just what was she a quarter mile from, from the bus loop where, you know, right. hikers, you, you know, you, you take advantage of civilization when you need it, that kind of thing. Um, so we, I try to buddy her up and say, Hey, it's, it's at least three more days of this weather. Um, we're heading out, let, you know, let that help make your decision. Um, that, that's what I had to offer. And, uh, <laughs> what, what, what did, uh, what did she counter with? She came back at you hard. He did. I, she said verbatim, I'm a PCT hiker. That doesn't bother me. <laughs> she said, yeah, yeah. Are you JMT? Yeah, you're JMT. I'm hiking the PCT. That doesn't bother me. And <laughs> kept going. <laughs> right into the eye of the storm. And we were like, you go do you. <laughs> That's exactly it. I mean, 100%. Do I respect the toughness? Absolutely. Was I gonna was I gonna play along in that game? Nope. Not a bit. Not a bit. Yeah, buddy. Buddy took another opportunity there to give her a stern glare and a, a slight shake of his head as as uh, she continued on her way. <laughs> one of my one of my trail words to live by. Again, I'm never gonna do anything intentionally stupid. <laughs> and, and I guess that's another call out. Hey, ma'am, if you saw a bunch of yahoos coming down into Red's Meadow. And you kept going through a hailstorm. Reach out. We want to know if you're alive. <laughs> and and I guarantee she is. And if you want to, you know, if you want to turn the tables and say, ah, uh, yeah, you suckers, you had to bail out. <laughs> you know, I I made I made it 50 miles in the next three days. I 100% salute you, ma'am. Nice. And then we tried to track down the the final bus heading back up to to Mammoth, and that was quite an ordeal because yeah. the bus driver the bus driver did not want to take us. He did not want to stop. He did not want to take us. We actually had to get in front of the bus to make him stop and and reason with him to let us get on the bus. And we we had had to wait around for like half an hour, right, for the next scheduled opportunity. And probably the funniest thing was there was a ranger station, and on it was the day's forecast, and it was like eighty eight degrees and sunny. <laughs> And we were like, oh, that's adorable. <laughs> well, it, it was. It had been. At Red's Meadow, we were, we were trying to get in the shade. Um, so we, get, we get on the bus, finally. Uh, he, he reluctantly lets us on. And we, we get back we, up to the... literally had to stand in the road and, like, put our hands up and say, no, 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 dude, you're, you're stopping. And then he yeah. demanded the exact change. <laughs> oh, my God, he did. Oh, my God, it was the worst. And, and uh, we did... We gave, we gave him a 20 and said, keep the change. <laughs> never, never one to miss a chance to, to buddy up anybody. Um, I, I said, hey, you know, how's it going? And his answer was, good. This is my last run and I go home. <laughs> Man who loves his job. That's right. Yeah. So we got back up to the resort and Skids, uh, Skids picks us up. We pile into the truck. It's a, it's a, a crew cab. And there's six of us in it, so it's it's tightly packed. And, and five of us haven't showered. Yeah, Skids has showered by then. He's he's looking like a a real human being, and the, the five of us are are pretty rough. And he turned around and he goes, "Holy cow! I I didn't realize we, we all smelled this bad. You guys smell terrible." He rolled down all the windows, and he said, "Hey, I'm gonna drop you off at Giovanni's. You guys have dinner." I'll come back and pick you up. I'm not hanging out with you now at this point. <laughs> I think they gave us the option of, do you want food or do you want a shower? And we were like, we are so hungry. Just yeah. stop at the pizza place and 
We'll we'll do that later. <laughs> I, I'll uh, etched into my mind is is Skids driving in his truck, all the windows down, the the back slider open, and <laughs> he's got one of his little trees air fresheners that he's holding up straight <laughs> to his nose and mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and we decided to take that uh, Linus cloud of freshness straight to Giovanni. So shout out to Giovanni's. Maybe they'll sponsor the pod. Hopefully, yes. And there was some classic banter at Giovanni's, if I remember correctly. <laughs> we were goofy. We were tired. Everything was making us laugh. And what, what was the pizza we ordered where you guys couldn't stop giggling? It was called the Masterpiece Pizza. That's and- right. And Jukebox did the, that's what she, or something tangential to that's what she said. And Buddy and I were sitting in a corner together. And I think we, like, I didn't breathe for like 30 seconds. I was laughing so hard at nothing just because we were so tired. We'd run down a mountain in a storm. We had just been waiting around forever. We're all broken. We're all tired. And we're just like, like, that is the funniest thing I have ever heard in my entire life. Dr. Pepper definitely came out of my nose. I, I guarantee you that. <laughs> so the people that did, I mean, there was a whole group of people that moved away from us because we smelled. We, uh, we those people in. that stuck it out and, and said, oh, the, these guys are good guys. They're just, you know, they're, they're hikers and they, they smell a little bit. They, they soon started moving away from us because of the Dr. Pepper coming out the nose and the laughter and just the... Roll, rolling in, we, we started off begging for mercy at, of uh, St. Giovanni um, saying, hey, guys, we, we just had to bail out on the trail. Take a look at us. We, we, you know, we're making no excuses. Have mercy. Put us in the back corner. Um, and, and they did, rightfully so. Good for them. They threw us in the back corner in this booth, and they were just like, you know what? We'll, we'll, we'll slide you pizza on the ground and <laughs> stay over there. Yep. So we, we ate up at uh, Giovanni's. We, we headed back. Skids picked us up. We went back to the motel room, hotel room, and uh, each of us one by one showered up. And by the time we finished that, uh, Mrs. Doc and Mrs. Chopper were there to pick us up and we, we, uh, we headed home. All right. So we made plans to, to pick up from that point and finish the Northern half. But, uh, 2017 was a, the winter of 2017 was a high snow year. And we, the dates of our permit to leave from Red's Meadow, um, were such that the road was still closed because it was such a high snow year. So we, we had to abandon those plans because our, our permit date came and went and there was no access down to Red's Meadow. So we pushed it off to summer 2018. And I think, I think I covered this in an earlier episode when we were doing the pack shakedown with BA. Um, my cousin, my step cousin, uh, actually connected with her that summer. And she uh, said that she was going to be up in Mammoth about the time that our permit was and offered to um, let us stay at her lodgings where, where they were staying and she was going to join us on that trip. So uh, it, was a, it was a great start to summer 2018 trip. Was, we started from Mammoth and we were going we're gonna to cover this, port, this portion of the trail just up through, through Garnet, but we actually finished at Tuolumne. So uh, guys, what do, what do you think of that, that uh, our accommodations the night before? It was a friend's place that they were staying at. It was spectacular. It was like, you know, 5,700 square foot and everybody had a bedroom. It was, uh, it was spectacular. It had a giant vista view looking down to Owens Valley. It was un, it was fantastic. It was such a great place. 
that, that's a one percenter kind of experience. It was, it was awesome. Yeah. Front, big, huge French Chateau. Everybody, I had to, I had to clarify my statement to, to Mrs. Duck. Cause I told her at one point that we all showered at the same time. And then I had to clarify that <laughs> we, each, we each had our own bathroom. <laughs> so it wasn't that we were all in the same shower, but we were all, you know, getting cleaned up at the same time in our own showers. So very, very nice experience. Yeah. Cause, cause I remember I was living somewhere else that summer and met you guys there and you had sent me a address and I'm driving through cause I've been to Mammoth before and I'm like, this is not where I was expecting to go in Mammoth. And I turned down this little tiny road and suddenly see these giant mansions. And I'm like, I definitely put in the wrong address. <laughs> and then suddenly I see doc come into the street, waving his hand. I'm like, Oh, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah, that was awesome. And she got her she got her trail name BA because she had hiked Whitney the day before in a, a day trip and now was gonna be jumping on the, the John Muir Trail with us for uh potentially it was gonna be uh what another 60, 60 mile section uh, of the JMT. And buddy, I, buddy, I cut you off. What were you gonna say? Oh no, you you're all good. Um what what was I gonna say about the okay. <laughs> All right. Very good. There you go. What can I say? I was coming in from San Francisco Bay Area, and the big fire that that year had started just outside of Yosemite Valley, and I drove through all of that smoke to get there coming in northbound. I can't remember the pass I went through, but I came down north of Mono Lake, and we were like all kind of like debating when we were in Mammoth of like, are we going to be able to make it to the valley? They're talking about closing yosemite valley like to like closing the national park too so like that was a big mix-up of like we, we were like we don't know if we're going to be able to finish in this it show. was it yeah. was it was growing massively by day you know what let's say we were heading out on thursday monday oh there there's a little fire that they got to knock out you know and and tuesday it's double wednesday it's double yet again um and and we we called up and they they had start shutting down sections like Wawona is already shut down and, and things like that. So it was, it was closing up as we were heading in. Yeah, because I drove by the cutoff from the 120, which goes down into El Portal. And it, there was like the sign on, the, on that side of the road at that turnoff was like road closed. Like, dude, like they coned it off. Like you couldn't even get onto the 120. Yeah, that was the Ferguson fire. And whether or not we made it all the way to Happy Isles, that's a story for another section. But uh, we, we started out that next morning and caught the sh caught the uh, shuttle down to to Red's Meadow and hit the trail again. And this time, that section of the trail where it had previously been hailing on us, it was uh, it was very very temperate. It was nice. It was lovely, nice sunny day. Big big puffy clouds, and we got to Gladys Lake finally. A couple flashbacks, but it was fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the uh, the uh, the visit to to Mammoth Brewing the night before helped definitely helped out. Good good food there. Good way to start off the trip. Yes, yes. So we finally get to Gladys Lake. Took a little, took a little break there. Very nice lake, and then uh, proceeded on a little bit further and climbed up to uh, Rosalie Lake. I think it was called. Yep, mm -hmm. that's the one. It was really, really pretty. It was one of those ones you drop in on the the, the stone, the the granite all the way around it. Mm -hmm. um, so you're walking along the edge of the tree lines coming down it was it was one of those very picturesque with lots of mountains around at lakes 
Absolutely. And then it wasn't long after Rosalie, then you start, you start down the switchbacks and it's a steep descent uh, to get down to Shadow Lake, which was another very picturesque spot. Once you got down there, it was beautiful. And I do remember at this point, there were a couple, you know, thicker clouds coming in and all of us kind of like, there was a little bit of tension because we were like, we were here last when all of these clouds came in and we were like, there was a little, little pep in our step to keep going. But it, it, it ended up being totally fine. Yeah, Shadow Lake was was huge. I think there were some some uh, swimmers actually on the other side of the lake. I couldn't see them, but I could hear them. I could see like like small splashes, like somebody was in the water. I don't think there were cries for help or anything. I think, I think it was surely for for entertainment value that they were, you know, recreation yeah. value. I, I just remember because of the proximity to uh, Mammoth, there was a lot of people doing day yeah. hikes and day trips. So there's people all over the place. Yeah, there is all all shapes and sizes and accents and, you know, trail runners and day hikers and backpackers. Uh, yeah, it, it's cool. And there was, a, there was a cool cascade that we kind of parked next to for lunch and just kind of sat there for a while, just soaked it in. It was one of those neat ones where we just sat there for a long time and just kind of stared. Not that we were exhausted, but it was like, okay, this is really, really cool. I'm just going to absorb this as much as possible. That's right. Yeah, yeah it was a great spot. Actually, Jukebox and I did, uh, did that section this past summer. And, you know, where we stopped, we stopped, we climbed a little bit and then stopped next to it. Um, Buddy and I, uh, Buddy, Jukebox and I actually were at the base of that. We took a little break at the base and it was completely deserted at that point. It was, it was just really picturesque and, and beautiful. Just watching the waterfall and, and having lunch. It was, it was awesome. That was a good time. But after we left Shadow Lake behind, then it was, I remember this section was no fun because it was a, uh, all you did was climb, and it was one of those sections. Uh, there's a couple of these on the on the JMT where there are a bunch of false fronts, right? Yep. False false tops where you think, okay, I'm 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 clearly running out of mountain. There can't be much more to go until I'm at the pass. And you crest this little hill in front of you, and then you realize, oh no, I've got miles more to go from uh, from what I thought I had. And that, that's whenever your expectation is that I'm almost done and then you're, you're brutally hammered to the point of uh, no, you're not almost done. You've got a lot more left. That, that is just really frustrating. Yeah. And it was a, it was super cool. Like meadows, a lot of flowers and streams going through it. So, I mean, it was really, really pretty. And as we get, like you were saying, doc, you get closer to the top you're like, okay. And then you turn the corner. It's like, Oh my God, there's another run of it. We're not even close to the top. And it just, it, it depresses you. It's like, Oh my, you know, we're almost to camp, right? No, God, not another one. And I can confirm this because the fact that your expectations kind of uh, set you up for failure. Because when I hiked this last, last year, last September with Jukebox, I knew. I knew about this. I knew about the false fronts. And so I did not have that same expectation. I knew we were going to be in it for a while until we finally got there. And I really enjoyed it a whole lot more than I did that, that year with you oh, guys. Very nice. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've, uh, I've got to get it tattooed or something somewhere um topos never lie <laughs> yeah. the, the the map that said we still had three miles was we weren't going to come up short after one i promise you your words have never been said that's, <laughs> that's what you're going to get tattooed topos <laughs> never lie <laughs> among other things among other things 
and but it felt like it should have been a, a name to pass but it didn't it was just like a ten thousand foot little bump that you had to go over yeah so i think all- that was the other part in my head yeah, because it, because it didn't have a name. You're thinking, okay, it's going to be pretty inconsequential. And it was, yeah. it was definitely not inco- inconsequential. And, and, and something I also remembered, not, not to dwell on the fact, but we were doing this during the Ferguson fire. And then probably around like, you know, th- around this time every day, probably around like early, like noon, maybe around two-ish, the winds would kind of shift. So it was a totally clear day. And then suddenly from like the Northwest, you just see a giant cloud of fire smoke come in. Yeah, really kind of ominous of like, yeah, that's the direction we're hiking. And it was, we didn't notice it until about two in the afternoon. And, then, and then it's like, I'm, I'm smelling smoke, right? You know, and then like, whoa, yeah, I'm, I'm not smelling it. I'm seeing it. I'm, I'm in it. So we finally get to the top of that unnamed pass. And that was one of those moments like Buddy talked about last episode where he just, I, I just laid on the ground and I, I may have fallen asleep a little bit there. I was just, I was completely spent. I was so excited that we were finally up at, at, at the pass. We're going to start going downhill and heading into where we we're going to camp that night. But uh, yeah, I was, and it was, it was beautiful from up there because you got your first glimpse at, at Garnet Lake, which is just incredible. Yeah, that's another one of those really neat ones. Um, but the, the trick with that one, there's only like three or four campsites. Yeah. And as we're going along, it's like, nope, that one's full. Nope, that one's full. Nope, that one's full. It's like, okay, there's one on the other side of the bridge. Somebody run and make sure we get there before anybody else. And I yeah. remember we had to stay a certain distance away from the bridge because it right. was, that bridge was over the only outlet of the lake that fed into a major river that, you know, they, they were, and they were like, do not stay close to this. Yeah. Definitely and, had to... Uh respect the biology there so there there was you know regular trail rules and hiking and distances all that and then amped up times 10 for for that set location and but, and thankfully we got to the last uh, the last campsite and it was one lone tent and one guy just off to the side and he was totally cool about absolutely you guys can come stay here it'll be no problem and as soon as we got set up it started raining on us again and it was, there, it was, there was one little step, you know, along that way where um, BA, when we, when we heard the thunder and stuff, I, I, I kid you not. And, and I, I spent the, uh, the rest of the trip calling her rain dance. Cause she's like, it's going to rain. I'm so excited. She was, she was excited about it. <laughs> you know, she was like, bring it on, please. Rain, 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 rain. <laughs> all, of, all of us are having immediate flashbacks last year. We're like, run, 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 run. Get, get to the side, get to the side. Go, 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 go. Set up your tent. <laughs> I think I set up my tent and the rain fly, the rain fly was upside down and backwards. And so it was not, it, it wasn't completely keeping all the rain out, but I was in the tent at that point, you know, sick, tired, frustrated, realized the rain flies on wrong water's coming in. I'm realizing, you know, I'm not going to be able to fire up my stove because of the rain. So I settled on a, on a, a cold pop tart for, for dinner. And it was just a, a real low point in my in my hiking career right then. As I recall, it wasn't impossible to fire up your stove. No, I think we all ended up, uh, you know, waiting for the uh, weather to break. And yeah, I, I I hopped in my tent and then nosed out of my vestibule and fired up and started cooking. I think I think that night I decided to go with uh, ramen and spam. Nice. Really, that was a big yeah. night. I was, yeah, all I can see. And you could do that in your your fancy vestibule if uh, <laughs> if your rain fly isn't put on upside down and backwards. <laughs> your your, your t- foyer. 
remember though that it was probably like a you know 20 minutes of yeah. rain and hail and then we had we had enough time to change and then we popped out had dinner talked to the guy in our campsite who's a really cool guy got a couple cool shots of sunset and then we were like yep nope time for bed yeah 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 the the, the rain it was nothing yeah, it, was, it was worth uh, worth rain dancing for some truly great pictures of Garnet Lake with Banner Peak in the background, uh, both evening sunset shots as well as morning shots. I think I've got a great picture of BA sitting on a rock looking out over Garnet Lake in the direction of uh, Banner Peak. Uh, just really a, a, a meditative type picture. I'll post that on social media for, for our listeners. Yeah, that was, that was a good way to end the day. For sure. And so that wraps up this section. We have, uh, we've traveled from, where do we start out? Tully Hole all the way up to Garnet Lake. It, maybe, maybe Garnet, maybe Garnet, maybe Garnet. I, I, I think it was, was it named after Kevin Garnet, Garnet or Garnier Fruit Tea Shampoo? Yes. I don't think we ever decided. I, I think that was his hair product of choice in the NBA. Oh, yeah, 100%. So I think there was a ruby lake and an emerald lake. So I'm going with garnet as in the gemstone, not, not garnet like the basketball player or garnet, the, like the French uh, sauce you put on fish. Okay, we, we can I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if that's a thing, but I'm just going with it. I'm, I'm, I'm garnet for life, for okay. sure. I'm with you, garnet. <laughs> I still think Kevin Garnet was the first person up there, so I'm going with that. <laughs> no. Garnet lake, yeah, so it's the jewels. All right, and it brings us to the point of our episode where all of our listeners are they, they're guaranteed to hang in there to this point because they want to hear what the pro tip inside of the week is. So, guys, what do you think? What, what did we cover today that would be helpful for our, our listeners? If you're yahoos like us and just kind of weekend warrior hikers, when it starts hailing, get, get out. It's not worth it. <laughs> but if you're a PC tier, hey, you just trudge right on. That's right. Head down and go. And you know what? I'd wear pants, you know, just, just, just suck it up as much as you want to be in nature. Wearing pants is probably nicer to other hikers. And, and weatherproof jacket, weatherproof jacket. I, I am wearing the ill-fated jacket currently. It is a great jacket. I love it, but definitely get a waterproof jacket to wear when it will rain on you. For Wow. Sure. We, we've covered a lot of ground with this pro tip, uh, buddy looks like he wants to say one, one more thing. Uh, my pro tip, I'm going to stick with Topo's Never Lie. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see that tattoo. I don't want to see where it's going to go. <laughs> Upon a curvature somewhere. <laughs> All right. So there you have it. That's it. Episode 15 is in the books. Hope you guys enjoyed it. I want to thank my team of co-hosts for helping me out here. What section should we take up next, guys? Oh, we're running out of choices. We got uh, Garnet to Yosemite. And uh, on the south, we haven't done between Muir and Pinchot and then the, the big peaks. We, we haven't done yeah. Forrester and uh, Whitney yet. I don't want to go too sequential. I mean, I, don't, I, want, I want to break, uh, I want to keep our form and kind of skip around a little bit. What if we head back down to the, se the southern section next time? Yeah, yeah. We, we can sneak in and uh, cover the rarely mentioned Glen Pass, which uh, I, I just want everyone to realize. That really is still a huge dang mountain. Not many people talk about it, but it's there, I promise you. Yeah. And, and buddy, I, I, you're kind of revealing you haven't listened to all the episodes because we did cover Glen Pass. We did cover that section. But we need to cover from Vedette uh, up through and over Forrester and that, that night afterwards. 
which was quite a night. One of the most memorable nights on the trail. Quite a night. Maybe we do that one next. I think there was some thunder involved. I think so. I think so. Okay. Now, hey, before we get to the end of the trail tonight, I have an introduction I would like to make. Uh, To the listeners of the pod, I would like to introduce to you our trail correspondent on the pod, Rob. Here he is. Hey there, everyone. My name is Rob, and I'm super stoked to be a trail correspondent this year uh, from the GMT. Just last week, I got my permit confirmed for Happy Isles to Whitney Portal starting on September 7th. Uh, It's going to be a really nice time of year to go uh, with the weather changing, hopefully a lot less mosquitoes um, and a few less people. Uh, Obviously, with the COVID-19 situation, hopefully by then it's going to improve so that those lucky of us who have got a GMT permit for this year can actually go out and do it. Um, I'm actually from England originally. I don't know if you can tell from the accent whether that translates over my recording. Um, I actually moved to Northern California about four years ago. And I live in a small town called Davis, uh, and I'm currently a graduate student there. My first backpacking trip uh, was actually the first year I moved to California. So this is now back in 2016. Before that, I'd done a lot of kind of day hiking and some car camping type stuff. Uh, but as soon as I did that first backpacking trip, which was in Desolation Wilderness uh, up near Lake Tahoe, I was hooked immediately. And pretty much since then, I've been trying to backpack as much as possible. Uh, some of my favorite areas include uh, Trinity Alps further up in Northern California. Eastern Sierra is absolutely amazing, world-class stuff there, obviously. Um, and I've done kind of some small section hikes of the GMT, but only very kind of small stuff before on weekend trips. Um, last year, I was lucky enough to get the chance to go to Peru um, with a friend. And we did uh, a five-day backpacking trip high up in the Andes. Um, so yeah, um, stoked to get out there this year. Fingers crossed. It's all going to go ahead and I really look forward to being a trail correspondent. We're going to get to know Rob a bit more because our next episode will be spent talking to him and some of the crazy trips he has been involved with. We'll find out what got him into hiking, hear about some of his epic trips and find out what he has planned as soon as we are all released back into the wild. You're not going to want to miss that episode. Uh, So remember, if you're interested in being a guest contributor for the pod, uh, there are a number of ways to get in touch. There's email, johnfreakandmuir at gmail.com, as well as Twitter, at johnfreakandmuir, and Instagram, johnfreakandmuir. And for clarification, guys, there is no G in freaking. Also, if you're hiking all or part of the JMT this season, if they let us out there and would like to be a correspondent from the trail to join Rob and his commentary, um, please get in touch. Let's set that up. And that is a wrap from the John freaking Muir studio. Any final thoughts, guys? Can't wait for the trails to start opening again. Absolutely. Just, itch, just itching to get back out there. You know, I've seen a number of posts on, I don't know if it's my news feed or if it's Facebook, where they're doing these virtual hikes. People are posting kind of these uh, interactive, like uh, Angel's Landing in in utah you can actually take you know go step for step with the guy who had a 360 degree camera on him when he did it so i'm gonna have to check some of those out there there is one on the on the pct website of a guy who did the whole trail with the 360 camera that one's worth checking out that's right you you had sent that to us uh, chopper thank you for that yeah we checked out some of those sections very cool yeah what i learned is don't look at it on your computer because the 3d doesn't work but if you watch it on your phone, you can spin your phone around and see the, the 3D in full effect. It's pretty cool. 
That is pretty cool. Nice. All right. Hey, thank you for tuning in. And always remember the trail is the trail. It doesn't care if you want to go downhill. It doesn't care if it's almost dark and you're looking for a campsite and it's hailing and there's surly PC tears on the trail. The trail is the trail. Embrace the suck. On Mondays, head offshore with Captain Scott Walker and Steve Roger for breathtaking deep sea adventures. Coming to me, coming to me, coming to me. Double. He's jumping, he's jumping, he's jumping. Oh! Oh! Look at that belly. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue. Brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern. Tell a few fish stories along the way. On Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.